How's it going, Kevin? Going well. Thanks for having me. So, you know, we did a little pre-chat before this, and it turns out we both have a common artillery in our background. So uh, it's kind of interesting that we could actually hear each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. 20 years in the Marine Corps, it uh, takes a toll on you after a while. Yeah, you had a, a real long career, 20 years retired. I mean, nowadays, that's you could almost guarantee that you've... Uh, You've seen some stuff here and there over the past decades. Um, but when did you get out of the Marines? I retired in 2009. Um, so I'm a first Gulf War veteran back in back in the early 90s, and oh, yeah. uh, deployed extensively in in this uh, this century um, <laughs> to over 50 countries. I was really fortunate to 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 be allowed to deploy overseas. Um, as part of U.S. forces, but also as part of NATO forces, I was the the aide de camp for the, the NATO commander, uh, General Jim Jones, when he was there from 2006 to 2009. Yeah, during the interview prep, I was I was taking a look at you. I had a great traveling career as well. You know, not just war. It's, you've been able to see the world through the military, and that's that's amazing. Yeah, it was really. Um, you know, we're having a discussion amongst our own team and our volunteers and supporters across the country. And one question that repeatedly comes up is, thank thank you for your service. And um, I always answer that question by saying, well, it sure is. It sure is appropriate. Um, But when people say that to me, I always say, well, it's the best chapter in my life. I met some great people. I did some really interesting things. And it really was formative for me. And has allowed me to do the things I'm doing now as part of the nonprofit world. Yeah, and that's one thing that we talk about, and I really want to bring that up before we talk about Operation Gratitude, is you've had a vast experience, whether it's been through Hire Our Heroes, through the Chamber of Commerce, uh, and we're talking about you have been involved mentoring other veterans' organizations, trying to get troops hired, and we both know that's a tough thing nowadays. Well, when I first started hiring our heroes at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce back in March of 2011, uh, the unemployment rate for veterans was at 12.1%. Now, obviously, we've made great strides to improve that. In fact, consistently, veterans' employment is better than civilian uh, unemployment because companies across the country have learned the value of hiring veterans and, to a certain extent, military spouses. Um, I think the greatest challenge veterans uh, and transitioning service members face is finding the right job right out of the gates. And um, for the most part, uh, veterans will hold three jobs in their first three years because they don't know exactly what they want to do when they separate. So being part of that community, um, and obviously as a passion of mine, I still stay connected to a lot of folks who are transitioning and um, I'm also practicing what I preach. Since I started with Operation Gratitude, when we had 14 employees, we now have 28, and 11 of the 14 uh, that, that we hired are veterans or military spouses. So, Yeah, and I'd like to actually add there, military spouses. That's one thing, you know, 
I've learned over the past few years is there's a massive um, influx of military spouses that need jobs as well. It's not just, you know, 200,000 um, veterans come out of the service every year, but then in between there, you have active duty spouses that also need uh, positions in the civilian workforce. I think you're absolutely right. And uh, uh, spouse unemployment uh, is as high as 30% by some by some statistics. So it's an area of focus that I think a lot of companies are paying attention to. Um, and as we look more and more at the 21st century and requirements for families, especially military families, dual incomes are required. Uh, the increased challenges with, um, tra- you know, uh, moving, uh, relocating multiple times during a career, um, and finding employers that understand those challenges is really important right now. So I think it's uh, more of an area of focus now than even for veterans and a lot of companies that are looking to, to hire talented military spouses too. Yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed with your knowledge base on hiring, but then also on the nonprofits. That's where Operation Gratitude comes in. And, it, you know, I, I first caught wind of it because it's, it's different than typical. A lot of ones, a lot of uh, organizations will be focused on either it's veterans, military, or police, or first responders. And Operation Gratitude actually provides care packages to all of them, correct? Yes, it does. And moreover, Operation Gratitude is the largest nonprofit in the country for volunteerism in support of military veterans, first responders, and their families. And in addition to lifting the spirit the spirits of our care package recipients, we give everyday Americans a sense of purpose and an opportunity to give back in a hands-on way. Yeah, and that's what's great about it. A lot of people want to give, and it's not always you don't always have to give a monetary value to giving. You could always just give your time. Um, you could share social media posts. There's plenty of ways they can help Operation Gratitude out. No, they can get it they can get involved in in so many ways. In fact, this year alone, we will have more than a million volunteers across the country participate in 10,000 service projects. Um, a truly grassroots movement that started on the dining room table of our founder when she put together the first four care packages. And that quickly grew to the organization we are today. On a, any given Saturday in Los Angeles, where we're headquartered, Uh, Once a month, we'll bring in several hundred volunteers and assemble 15,000 care packages in just three hours. And um, the the beautiful thing is people can participate, you know, physically at those service projects, but they can also do it um, from the comfort of their own homes. Uh, We will will receive more than 100,000 hand-knit or crocheted scarves this year, scarves and hats that we put in our care packages will receive 300,000 paracord survival bracelets from volunteers across the country and close to 2 million letters, handwritten letters from grateful Americans, and all those items go in our care packages. Um, And that's what makes them so special and like really no other care package that a service member, deployed service member, a veteran, a wounded hero and care member will receive from, from Operation Gratitude. Yeah, and it's personalized, too. You're not just getting like, hey, here's two packs of baby wipes and some Q-tips. You're getting, like, personalized items. And, you know, I was reading the statistics. It was like 2.3 million packages you've all sent since inception. That's incredible. Right, and it shows you how how much we're doing right now and 
how we're growing exponentially um, on Saturday, December 14th. So just a, just a few days from now, I will be at our warehouse in Los Angeles where we will assemble uh, the 2.5 millionth care package um, for a deployed service member. And what's beautiful about it is the family who's back here at home um, will be there to assemble that last care package. And then we're going to track it all the way overseas um, where he will open it. Uh, it's his seventh deployment in 10 years. Wow. He has a wife and three daughters who are nine, seven, and five. Um, they're going to receive our battalion buddies, which are the uh, stuffed bears that we give to children of deployed troops that are hand hand stuffed by volunteers across the country. And then they'll we'll put photos of them on the day and and handwritten letters from them on top of the care package. And we're hoping, right, keeping our fingers crossed that on Christmas Eve we get a nice uh, live video from him opening the care package um, where he's deployed right now. That's awesome. I, uh, man, I just, you know, talking with your, your public uh, relations staff and just finding out what you guys have been doing and just, I'm really excited to, to kind of get the message out there. I mean, through our little audience here with the protectors, but through anybody else we could help you out with. And I believe you guys have a hashtag going on right now. I think it was like 12 days of gratitude. I'll, have to, I'll definitely post that out and put out the right one. Yeah, that's right. It's, it is 12 days of gratitude. So, over over a 12-day period uh, leading to December 14th when we'll put together the 2.5 million care package, we've been focusing on one action. Our, our uh, mantra, uh, Operation Gratitude, is to let action speak louder than words. You will never see me get up uh, on a podium or on a panel or at a big conference and talk about what we're doing. As a nonprofit, we believe that we should be out there getting things done. And during the 12 days of gratitude, we're focusing on one single action each day. So it could be knitting a scarf or um, a beanie that will go to a deployed service member uh, in the hull of a ship or out in Afghanistan. It could be making a paracord bracelet, like I said. It could be handwriting a letter. Um, it could be hosting a collection drive. Um, so those 12 days of gratitude are about people giving back in a hands-on way. And, you know, when we look at the impact we're making, it is about actions. And I, I'll tell you, having served in the Marine Corps for 20 years and been part of the nonprofit space, I'm tired of people talking about solutions. Uh, I, I'm really focused on actions speaking louder than words and our entire team is. And as evidenced in, a million volunteers across the country and 10,000 service projects, clearly our supporters are. And when people talk about the civilian-military divide, um, you hear a lot of solutions that are philosophical or academic. Let's bring back the draft. Let's, do, let's look at a, a, a service model that goes away from an all-volunteer force. Well, that's, that's pie in the sky. And that's, yeah. just for, that's just for academics to talk about. The only way you can bridge a divide that exists between civilians in our military and civilians and first responders is by making more meaningful connections. And we believe that's through hands-on volunteerism. That's by bringing together grateful Americans who want to express their appreciation and don't know how and allowing them, allowing them to participate in a hands-on way. I've been in nine other cities other than Los Angeles in the last 11 months. 
with massive service projects. We, asse- we assembled 90,000 care packages, 10,000 in each city for deployed service members, for first responders, for our nation's newest service members graduating from boot camp. When I go to those events, it's not, it's not just civilians at those events. We bring in military families. We see civilians standing side by side with our service members and their families. We see them standing side by side with first responders, and they have conversations, right? Just like I said at the beginning of this podcast, we have they, they say say they say thank you for for your service, and then it turns to conversations about what it means to serve, what it's like to deploy, what are the sacrifices that you make as someone who serves in the military or as a first responder, as a police officer, as a firefighter, as an EMT, who every day wakes up not knowing if they are going to make it back home to their families because they're serving in harm's way here to protect our communities. That's how you bridge the divide. You don't do it from a podium. You don't do it from a panel. You do it through action and bringing people together in a more meaningful way, and that's what we're doing across the country. No, it's a ripple effect. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, those people standing side by side with, the, the families and with the first responders and with the military and seeing that they're real humans. There's putting a face behind that badge, a face behind that uniform, and that's it. That's what we need more of. And exactly what you said before, make a decision. Instead of talking about it, do it. So I'm really excited for this. I mean, well, you guys have been doing it for years, but I'm really excited that I found out about it. I could well, we yeah, also, get the message out. Yeah, I really appreciate you doing it because it's also about allowing our volunteers to take part in the direct delivery of our care packages in the communities where they live and work. And we don't just have an assembly day and say, okay, our work is done here. Right? We are actually taking the care packages from that day, and the volunteers are hand-delivering the care packages to service members and their families to veterans, to first responders in those communities. In eight of the nine communities that we were in over the last year, I'm talking about San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Nashville, San Diego, New York City. In eight of those nine cities, and Washington, D.C., in eight of those nine cities, we delivered a care pouch, 40,000 of them, to every police officer, every firefighter, and every EMT serving in those cities. 20,000 went to deploy troops, and the other 30,000 went to recruit graduates across the country where our volunteers were delivering them by hand as well. And that is how you continue that connection, and that's how you bridge the divide. It has to be repeat engagements where we do it over and over and over again. Now, I absolutely agree, especially being an LEO for so long now that you have to be able to humanize the badge. And by giving out care packages by, you know, it's not it's not just one way either. It's the other way around, too. It's like behind the badge, you have to look and say, hey, you know what? It's not us against them. We're all in this together. You're exactly right. And, you know, when, when people talk to me about the divide, the, we, we're, we're coining the phrase bridging the civilian service divide. So we're inclusive of not just our military, but first responders. Mm-hmm. That's the first yeah. point. The second point is, uh, as a Marine, as a veteran, and you as an LEO, we have a part to play too, right? Yep. If we're going to bridge the divide, we have to come halfway. And I think that's that's also a missing piece that we have to address. I, 
I mean, one thing I've learned over the last two years, having gone to a couple of dozen cities and been part of deliveries to first responders is they are so overwhelmed with emotion that there are are people all over the country who do want to express their appreciation, which is a beautiful thing to say. Um, I, I think it, it kind of took me aback. I was kind of really surprised by my own reaction to the work that we're doing and how important it is. And the fact is first responders take an oath to support and defend the constitution too. And I think our country right now um, is, is very driven to support our military and veterans. And that may not be true in a lot of communities for our first responders. And we need to bring that to, to the public's attention and do a better job there. So we're really proud that that's our fastest growing program. You know, we, we just crossed the 200,000 care package mark for first responders in just three years. Wow. We delivered to more than 500 departments in all 50 states and D.C., and that number will just grow again exponentially with with all of our other programs because it's equally important. Now you guys have picked up some great sponsors too. I believe USAA was a, a recent one, or, or you might have had a long term with them, but that's a big one, right? We uh, actually on Thursday um, we we assembled 10,000 care packages for deployed troops with close to 1,200 of their employees right at their their main headquarters in San Antonio. Um, we have great partners too that um, that we're planning on big events ne- next year. Prudential uh, is a big partner that's going to help us in Newark to, to bridge the divide there. Uh, Target is is going to partner with us on a giant assembly day in Minneapolis. There's another great company that a lot of people don't talk about in this space called CSX Transportation, the train company. Hmm, yeah. um, we did our events in Baltimore, Nashville, and Cincinnati, where they did 10,000 care pouches with not just their employees, but the entire community. Um, and they're going to help us in Atlanta, Chicago, and uh, Jacksonville, uh, Florida, where their headquarters is next year. Um, so things are things are moving along, and, and we're we're really unique in that we depend on product owners too. So we will receive. 25 million individual items this year and 5 million of those come from everyday Americans. Those handmade items that I told you about the handwritten letters, items from our Amazon wish list, but we also depend largely on companies for bulk donations. So Mars Wrigley will give us a couple of million items a year, M&Ms, combos, uh, gum, um, Hmm. and, and various candy bars. And then we have, five-hour energy that goes in our care packages and Johnson and Johnson is, is, is a big supporter of us now too. So it's those types of relationships that allow us to do what we want to do and, and make an impact. That's very cool. So how can we donate and how can we help? Where can we find you? Well, the easiest way is just to go to our website, uh, www.operationgratitude.com. And Again, I, I want to impress upon everyone who's listening that this isn't about us asking for an individual donation of $15 to ship a care package because every single care package we send overseas goes to the U.S. Postal Service and we don't get a break to send it to the APO or FPO address. <laughs> when you go to our website, you'll see 10 different ways you can get involved. And 
what I say to people when I go to a company and their employees are involved in a service project, I say, listen, you're, you're experience, experiencing Operation Gratitude where you work. Take it where you live. Take it to your children in schools and churches mm-hmm. and Boy Scout troops. Host a collection drive. Uh, you can make paracord bracelets at home. You can write letters. Um, there's so there's so many things that you can do, and if you just go to our website, it's really easy to navigate and find those opportunities. And I say the same thing to the schools and the churches and the Boy Scout and Girl Scout troops. When I see parents there, I say, you, you're experiencing Operation Gratitude where you live. Take it where to your work and, yeah. and tell your employers about it. Like that's, that's the way to expand and grow a movement, right? That's grassroots because people see it, they feel it, they touch it, and they want to be a part of it more than just once. So they take it to other parts of their lives. And that's where that's why we're growing the way we're growing, and, and that's why we'll continue to grow. And it's such a unique thing, like you said, making power cord bracelet. You never know where it's going to end up. And well, there's a connection. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You, I mean, when you open a care package and you're deployed yeah. overseas, or you're a veteran, or you're a first mm-hmm. responder, you on the top of our care packages or pouches are the paracord survival bracelet, and it's a sign of appreciation. But we also get great stories back from deployed service yeah. members because we tell them, if you use it, tell us your story and we'll send you another one. So just a few months ago, a soldier in Afghanistan used it to replace the sling on his M4 rifle because huh. the strap broke and he couldn't get to a supply warehouse. Three Marines on the back, on driving in a seven-ton truck, the straps broke and the fuel cans fell off the side of their truck. Trying to keep up with their convoy in the Middle East, they use their three paracord bracelets to strap the fuel cans back to the truck, right? Yeah. So you think about someone taking, you know, eight to 10 minutes to take a seven and a half foot 550 cord and make a paracord and what it does. And it, it's also the fact that when you open it up, you know that it's handmade by someone, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with the letters. Like I hear time and again from our service members deployed and from veterans who receive our care packages that the letters are the most cherished item in the care package. How much time does it take for someone to sit down at a table, especially someone like us, right, who has served, who wants to give back and pay it forward? How much time does it take to write a letter to a deployed service member saying, hey, I was there once too. I know what you're going through. I know how hard it is to be away from your family during the holidays. I've got your back. I'm thinking about you. Stay strong. I mean, it's, it's such a simple thing to do. But it has such a great impact. And, as, uh, you know, as someone who deployed away from my own kids, we we get emails uh, all the time. And the ones that really hit me are the ones from parents who are deployed for the very first time away from their kids. And they tell us the type of impact it makes on them when a complete stranger says, thank you for, again, thank you for your service and shares with them what their lives are like because of um, – someone's decision to go in our military and uh, serve and protect the freedom. And it's really really an amazing cycle of gratitude, too, because the service member is thanking them for it, right? Yeah. Which is really really nice to see. We need a little bit more of that right now. Uh, This is great, Ken. I really appreciate you coming on. Now, we're going to push this episode episode out as soon as possible because it's Christmas time and it's time to check out Operation Gratitude. Well, thanks so much for for having me today. I really appreciate this.
All right. You you have a great one. Happy holidays to, to you and all your listeners. Thanks. Th- thanks for supporting Operation Gratitude.